Thanks for joining us today on the Port City Church Podcast. With multiple campuses existing within Southeastern North Carolina, our mission is to be helpful and hopeful as we reach people and help them walk with God. To learn more about the heart behind our church, we encourage you to visit us at portcity.church. What a, what a great day to be together uh, as the church. Uh, today, uh, we are jumping in to a new series called We the Church. And uh, we are so excited about this series because uh, we believe uh, that the church is not a place. We believe that church is a people, right? Uh, we believe that Port City Community Church is not a building. Hello? It's a people, a bunch of people who belong together, a bunch of crazy people, right? A bunch of people who are desperate for God, but who belong together. That's what we believe about the church. And if that's true, if, if we are the church, uh, then that means that you, you play a critical and important role in who we are as the church and in who we are becoming as the church. And so today and the next two Sundays, um, we want to just kind of come around this idea and we want to consider three things together, church. We want to consider what is the state of our church? Like, where are we? Uh, we want to consider the weight of our church. Like, if we're a part of this, how should we feel about it? And then we want to consider uh, the potential impact of our church and how you get to play a part in that potential impact of who we are and who we are becoming as a church. And so today, as we come around this idea of the state of our church, uh, we're going to learn together in a slightly different way. Um, you might notice uh, two stools behind me, because today, instead of asking you to listen to a message, um, today we want to invite you into a conversation. Uh, today we're going to have a conversation about where we are as a church, uh, where we sense God uh, taking us and moving us, um, and what it's going to require uh, from us. I believe the conversation that you're going to get to hear and kind of listen in on and be a part of today, I believe it's going to be encouraging to you. Uh, I believe it's going to be helpful for you. I also believe it's going to be very compelling in your life. And so um, I, I would just ask for you to really like to lean in, to, to pay attention. If you're a note taker, uh, you're going to be able to take some notes today. Uh, if you brought a Bible with you, uh, you can follow along in a couple of scriptures that we're going to be in. We're going to be in John 15, looking at a story that Jesus told. And we're going to be in Colossians 1, a prayer that Paul prayed for the church. And so um, I believe this is going to be powerful and I'm really excited for the individual I get to bring up on stage to kind of lead through this conversation. Uh, this is someone who has made such a significant impact in my life, in my walk with Jesus, in my family. And I know this person has made such a huge impact in so many of us um, across Port City. And uh, you probably are thinking you might know, might know who this is. And so church, I would love for you guys to help me welcome to the stage uh, someone we love, someone who's impacted all of us, our very own senior pastor, Mr. Mike Ashcroft. Can you welcome Mike to the stage? Let's go, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> um, you, were, you should definitely expect that from me. So, yeah, so today we get to have a I conversation. You someone like important. <laughs> Mike, that's you. Um, you are important. Uh, we get to have a conversation with Mike and uh, this is one of the things that I love about Mike. You, you, most of you probably know this. 
is that Mike gets excited about things. Have you ever seen Mike excited about something? Like whether it's like the last trip he went on or the cookies he baked last night, he just gets really like excited. But one of the things, Mike, I really do love about you, I'm being serious, is um, anytime I've ever seen you around um, on a Sunday when we've had baptisms, you get like amped out of your mind. (laughs) And if you've ever been baptized and you were backstage and you ran into Mike Ashcraft, you were like, Wow, he is really, really excited yeah. about what's happening here. And so I'm just asking, can you let us into that? Like why, Mike, why do you get so excited about seeing and hearing baptisms and stories like what we got to witness today? Um, even today, you know, you're standing out there <clears throat> and, um, you know, to hear one of the courage it takes for someone to, to share their story, sure. you just, you have an appreciation for, not an appreciation, that's too light of a word, but just a, it's a humility. It's like you yeah. can't, it's surreal. You can't yeah. believe this is what's happening with us. Mm. And, you know, I, I think too, just having a perspective, you know, you've been kind of leading through this and we've been talking about this, just kind of going back in the very early days and all these were dreams and hopes and things that I didn't even know were possible or I believed. And um, to kind of see it happen, like real time, and to think that what, what and then at this point it is we. It's like yeah. not me, it's, it's we, all the different <laughs> parts and pieces that allow people to in, enter into our, our, our church and to connect with our church. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it just is... Um, it's surreal, and um, it, it just is it's humbling, and it just makes you feel you know, overwhelmed that we get to bring hope and to mark a moment yeah. for someone that's going to stay and see their families down here and to hear the church like, and when Mandy says, you, you belong to us, like we belong <laughs> together, you're like, oh my gosh, what, what is even happening here, you know, yeah. and it just feels like that, yeah. and um, so just it never, ever ever get sold. And I think, too, one of the other things, too, is years ago, and I shared this story before, when um, the church was growing so fast and it was so chaotic, um, I think I almost lost hmm. the capacity to see a person. Right. So, yeah. so to, you know, I don't want to ever yeah. feel that way again. So everyone is a name, is a person, is a story. When they come out of the water, I want to high-five them and... <laughs> You know, thank them, and yeah. it just, it, it's, um, it's all that. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's good, man. So we're talking about the state of our church, um, and I really am I'm wanting to, like, have you kind of lead us into what we've been sensing or really what you've been sensing God doing yep. in us. Yep. Um, this is one of Mike's favorite questions to us <clears throat> as staff. It's like, hey, what, what do, what's God doing? You know, like, he'll, he'll just ask us it, we're starting a meeting on something random and say, hey, what do, you, what do you sense God doing? Like, what's happening? What are you, what are you sensing and seeing and, and feeling and believing God doing in us? So, Mike, you ask us this all the time. So I'd love just to turn the tables on you in front of everybody. And, like, what, what have you yeah. been sensing? Like, what have you been seeing God doing in, in and through us yeah. in church recently? Yeah, the question's actually a ploy when you don't know what uh, you're supposed to say or do. You okay. just ask someone else oh. what they're sensing, and then you kind of, oh, yeah, that's what I'm sensing too. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. But it, it really is, and Clay, even like what, what, you, what we're experiencing here, and part of why this is so important for our church, yeah. um, even for you and I to be sitting here, right. and there are numbers of other voices. I mean, you, you know, they're part of this. This is not, we don't operate, I don't operate, this is not how God has wired me. I don't go on a mountain, 
get a vision, come back down, and then go, here's what we're going to do. Um, I believe in community. I believe in collaboration. I believe that we cooperate together and work together. So it, it is incredibly valuable to me to hear what God is sensing. You know, your voice, yeah. uh, Mandy, uh, Maddie, there's a host, Laura Lynn, Rick. There's a host of you know, people that are constantly, we're learning and understanding this. And so <clears throat> I think when I, when I think about this, there's a lot of sort of low-hanging you know, fruit, not to be uh, too cliche, that you can grab onto. But as, I, as I've thought about this, um, what I sense God doing in us, where we kind of are, is we are coming out of this season, or we're still in it, I would say, of, of ripening. And ripening is, a real, it's, it's, it's ripening is a really important word for us to get our heads and our hearts around. And I, I, think, it's, um, I think it's an accurate description because it, you know, it's tempting to say, oh, we're, we're going deeper, we're going deeper in our walk. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a sign back here behind, our, uh, behind the stage, and it says, don't mistake trivia for depth. And a lot of people do. You think because you know more about God or you've read more or whatever, you've learned the songs or you, whatever it is, you think that there's a depth. And that's, that's there's an, don't get me wrong, depth is important. Intimacy is important. But ripening is actually, it's the, it's the process by which we become ready. We become ready. And I think that's what God has been doing in us uh, over the last you know, it's, I think it started uh, probably somewhere around 2012, 13, 14. There was an exclamation point at Hurricane Florence, right. uh, 18. And then the pandemic, I think, was just that place where you kind of dig, you get buried, and then it's just, it, it, it felt like scorching heat, but it was really, I think, the mm. sun sort of preparing us for wow. um, where we are, are going to go. So I, I love that, that idea, and I think that's important for it. Yeah. Um, okay, so if, if you sense God ripening us, making us ready, how, how are you like, seeing that? Like, how, are there specific places or ways that you yeah. see that in our church, like us becoming ready? Yeah, if, if you've talked to me, and you have, but if you've talked to me at any length about where I'm kind of passionate about the church or where I feel like things are happening is I am, I'm over all the ways in which church, churches, the big church, whatever it is, measure their effectiveness or success, but how many people show up, how many people attend our programs, and you can entertain people, you know, really easily and attract a crowd. That's not, that's actually not the hard thing to do. Um, and so to, to find ways in which this has actually happened is, is far more difficult than just going, oh, a lot of people showed up, a lot of people like this, right. got a lot of likes on this. Right. What I've been looking for is a, a level of maturity. And what I'm seeing is that kind of three things I wrote down. Number one is the conversations that I think we are entering into and having as a body. Um, you, you can see this everywhere. You know, we, we've been able, and we talked about this from the very beginning of um, the racial tension that began in 2020, the pandemic, and all the other things that unfolded from there, was to be able to navigate the chaos faithfully without losing our minds. And the easy thing is to do whenever things don't go or aren't the way, you, you pull apart to the poles and you blast the talking points at the other side. And what we have been able to do, I feel like, is really navigate conversations with yeah. a level of depth. And like we talked about last week, to be able to submit ourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ and say, Lord, what are you doing? What are you asking of us in this season? And that's one way. The second yeah. way I think that I'm hearing this, and again, some of this is internal for you, for for those of you who are listening. 
Um, we are not talking about how many people showed up in our programs very often. We're talking about the meaningful connections that people are having with our church. That is a game changer. Because it means that, that we're not just about, it's not just numbers. It's about how are you being connected to us? How are we being connected to one another? And so we're starting to talk like that, to to uh, organize like that in our programs. You have to have programs, that, that's an important part, but they're actually serving all these other areas. And then last, um, I feel like that we have just become outward facing. Um, you know, I, I think that our community looks to us. Um, you know, we've got our Leland campus joining us. Leland does incredible work in Brunswick County. And, and it's just our almost default posture is now, how can we serve our city and our region and our world? Yeah. And I think that is a ripening. We're now, as the demands on the church and the need for the church, I think, is growing. I want, to, I want us to be ready. Yeah. And I believe we are becoming that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's so interesting. I didn't even hit me till just right now. And obviously, me and Mike have talked through this idea of what we're talking about today, but the idea of becoming ready. Like, I would say in the world, the world probably doesn't value becoming ready. No. Um, the world values, values success, numbers, matrix. And yet for us as a church to say, hey, we want to become ready for something. Like we want to be positioned for something. So it's like the conversations, the questions that we're asking, the connections that are being made, and then that, that perspective that we're gaining. It's like becoming ready for something for us as, as a people of God, as a church, yeah. that's super valuable. Yeah. But probably not something that we would all value in an, of ourselves or in our culture. Yeah. And so if we're becoming ready... I guess the next question is like, where, where are we going, right? Like if yeah. we sense that God's been doing this in us and getting us ready, it's, it's ready for something. Yeah. And so um, I, I guess what I would love for you to share is like, what do you sense God doing in us or wants for us or, or where, where is he taking us yeah. into kind of this next, next step of our church? Yeah, I think the call um, for a church, for any church in our church is, you know, and it, it kind of goes to the same theme is, is to be fruitful. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when you, when you think about what fruit is or what fruit does or what it means for you and for me, um, there, there are so many, you know, places uh, in the scriptures where it talks about this, it, you know, and it's, it's throughout, mm-hmm. um, you know, it talks about keeping uh, consistency with the fruits of repentance, mm. that we actually bear um, evidence that we have been forgiven right. and that we are returned to the way in which we have been intended um, to live. Um, you know, Paul talks about, um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lo- I, I believe, you know, my personal view is it's a singular thing. The fruit of the Spirit is love because it's the image of God and it, it, it's borne out in patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and, and this, this idea. Um, so fruitfulness is not how much bigger we get or how many people. Fruit, fruitfulness is something that comes out of yeah. our lives in a really intimate way. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing I think is interesting is that you can, you know, fruit does two things. And we've thought about, we've tried to think about this over the years, but fruit does two things. Number one is it's evidence of identity. If you see an apple tree it's, or an apple, it's very likely it came from a what? Apple an apple tree, tree right? It's, a, it's, a, it's evidence of identity. That's so cool. Um, it's, but there's also a beauty to it. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like these trees, when they did that, mm-hmm. there's a beauty to it. The expression is beautiful yeah. and it's purposeful. Yeah. 
And the second thing is that fruit always serves to nourish others. The fruit of my life, the fruit of your life, the fruit of our lives, the fruit of our church is designed. It is a beautiful expression of our identity, make no mistake about it, and it should be beautiful. But it is to nourish the world around us, to bring something that the world desperately is hungry for through how we live our lives and how we yeah. are as a church. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago, my one word was planted. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was one of my favorite words. And it, it, it comes from Psalm chapter one. It talks about the blessed man is the one who doesn't, you know, sit in this, you know, with scoffers or walk with sinners, but uh, on God's law and God's word, he meditates day and night. And then it says that he is like a tree planted by streams of living water, uh, and it bears fruit in its season. And my, my focus was me being planted. Like, right. I, I wanted to be planted. And part of it was, like, I think the season of life where there was a lot of change and transition, so it was, like, this desire just to be kind of rooted and planted, but also knowing that I needed to be rooted and planted, like, in God. But uh, the focus quickly changed for me from being planted to being, to being fruitful, yeah. right? So yeah. I love that passage. And you do see this idea of fruit all throughout, throughout yeah. the story of Scripture. Yeah. Um, John 15 is one that I'd love for us to look at. Yeah. And we'll have the, script, uh, the text on the screen. But uh, John 15 is where Jesus is. It's his uh, day before he's crucified. So we're, you know, we're coming up to Easter pretty quickly. Hello. And, um, and this is kind of this last moment for him and his disciples. And he is, is uh, teaching them. He, he's uh, sharing communion with them. Uh, he is washing their feet, and they, they're walking out probably from that place of, of the Last Supper uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he tells a story, um, and I just would love to read this over us, and then, Mike, I'd love to hear you kind of pull this out and this idea of being fruitful. But in John 15, starting in verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So just imagine Jesus walking with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's walking past some vineyards because there's grapes everywhere, right? And he said, he said I, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, Although already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's amazing. I mean, I think we focus a lot on being the branch right. and Jesus being the vine, but he really is really focused on this fruit that we're yeah. gonna produce in our life. Yeah. You know, and I think when, when, we, when you think about this, a lot of, even when we think about abiding, mm-hmm. uh, it feels very personal and very um, soft. You know, right. it's like, I'm, gonna, <laughs> right. I'm just going to kind very of mushy, yeah. yes, very sweet. I'm going to, you know, and there is a you know, tenacity. And, it, and it's interesting because what Jesus is addressing is that he does prune. Like to remain in him is going to mean that things that we value or that are a part of us are yeah. sometimes sure. cut away in order for other things to be produced. I'll tell you personally, um, there are lots, lots is too dramatic. There are, there are several things that 
um, I thought that I wanted desperately, or if this were to happen, this would be the way forward. And those things, um, they died. Yeah. Uh, Larry Crabb wrote a book years ago called Shattered Dreams, and he says sometimes our good dreams have to give way in order for better dreams to emerge. And that has been the case yeah. of my own personal you know, journey with the church. But I think when I, when I think about what we need and what's, what's happening in the church, um, the idea of abiding isn't just you doing your quiet time, although you should, <laughs> yeah. and you should also keep a journal, right? <laughs> right. Sorry. Um, but there's a tenacity to it. It's, it's a commitment. It's a willingness to, to stay yeah. and to remain. Yeah. You know, in our culture, I don't know if you realize this or not, you know, people basically, there's a, there's a life cycle. We, when we, as long as we're entertained, everything is fine. As soon as we stop being entertained, we start looking for something new. Mm. And what happens is what something new often feels like is deeper or more nuanced, and it's not, it's just new. And that too will wear out if we don't learn how to stay in. Part of what my concern, I've been here 22 years. Yeah. Um, it's a long time. I know a lot of things, a lot of people. People say, oh, let me tell you something, what's wrong with the Port City Church. I'm like, man, I got a, <laughs> I got a list a lot longer than you. I've been here. You know, I know all the crazy stuff about it. And, but it's, it's, it's the willingness to endure and to stay in something and to stay in something together. That, that really allows us to experience the kind of fruitfulness that I think God has for us. And that's really what uh, excites me about the future yeah. of, of the church. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just so interesting, like even in this passage where I, I focus on not wanting to be cut away mm. or, or I'm worried about being pruned. Is it going to hurt? Yeah. Or, or I'm just simply even like in a, a, a really beautiful place of I'm just wanting to like abide. Yeah. That, um, that over and over, the, the goal is fruitfulness. Is fruitfulness. And, and I always thought about it, for, I'll be honest, for so long I thought uh, my fruit is like, um, it's like my good works. Like, yep. So that people would see me and be like, oh, he's obviously, you know, right. he's a good Christian. Yep. Um, and to, to think about the fact that my fruit or fruit from my life, it's not for me, it's for others. It nourishes, yeah. It nourishes other people. It, to me, it just, it just shifts the passage and it shifts my mindset because, I mean, I think in the, the, the busyness of life and the pressure of life and even the pressure of trying to be a follower of Jesus, I think for a lot of us, we're just trying to like hang on, you know? And, and, and hanging on is required. Right. But hanging on for what? It's, it's to grow, yes, like to grow my walk, to grow my relationship with Jesus, but to grow in such a way that I have something to offer somebody else, that I can be fruitful, that you can be fruitful. And it's not just the pastors or the leaders of the church who are called to be fruitful, it's all of us. Like, we're all called to be fruitful in our life. And what's beautiful is the pressure's off because yeah. we can't be fruitful on our own. But when we abide in Jesus, when we allow him to be our source, we can bear much fruit is yeah. what it says, yes. much fruit. So I love that. So that's, that's, like where, that's where we're going is like we have been, we are being ripened. But what we are saying is, man, God's leading us to be fruitful for other people. And so I guess the last thing for us is like, well, then what does it require of us? Right. Like, for me, for everyone in the seats, for everyone online, for everyone in Leland, like, what is it going to take for us to become that kind of people, yeah. a fruitful people? Yeah. And I, I want to hear from you, like, as our senior pastor, like, what's it going to take from us? Yeah. I mean, it, it is the remain. It's, it's to be committed. Like, we, we have to develop a, and, and not commitment to 
you know, Port City Church or, or Mike, but, but, right. but a commitment to Christ as our King yeah. and His body. And there is a specific, you know, we talk about being, we're never going to be Port City centric. We don't ever want, you know, if you, we do a lot of stuff, we don't ever try to like plaster. We, we just, we're not, we don't want to be Port City centric, but we are Port City specific. We have a pastoral responsibility for our church and for one another. That's a lot of what these, these last few years have been about really taking seriously the pastoral responsibility that we have been given um, and that we have received you know, for our church and for one another. I, I, I feel before the Lord that I am responsible for our congregation, also responsible to our congregation. Yeah, like it's a, there's, a, there's a mutuality to it. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, and this is sort of the prayer um, that I want to read to you, and then we'll just kind of talk about it. And this is really what I think is how or what's, what's required um, of us. But this prayer actually comes from Colossians uh, chapter one. I actually brought this, Clay, because this, this is, you don't even see this very well. This was written uh, in uh, 1999, and this is the version that was printed in 2001. And um, this prayer was where our mission came from, to reach people and help them walk with God. Oh, wow. And I remember, I was actually looking back through my journals this morning, um, and I remember trying, like praying this prayer and knowing that I'm serious. Like, Lord, I'm serious about this prayer. Like, let me, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm praying this prayer, like for our church. And there's like literally like, you know, 15 people uh, that that includes. But I remember just saying, Lord, could you help me to awaken me to that? And that's like, when you ask about baptisms, that's a lot of what, it's like, that's what it reminds me, that, that, that kind of full circle of, man, this is what I wanted. This is yeah. what I hoped for. So this is what Colossians chapter one um, says. And Paul says, so from the day we've heard about their faith, is what he's talking about, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all, with all, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, right? So that you may walk mm. in a manner worthy of the Lord. And that's even morphed over the years, right? Working it, walking in a manner worthy of the Lord just like, goes, oh, let, let, let us be well behaved mm. so that people see us and go, oh yeah, those are good Christian people. Instead of like, no, 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 we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord because we are his image bearers. We've been created to bear and reflect his, his image and his love to the world. Fully pleasing to him by our faith, by our willingness to trust, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then it says this, being strengthened with all power, which I love. If I was being strengthened with all the power of God, we would wipe out you know, anybody who stands in our way. And then he goes on and says, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, slow your roll. Um, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And if you just pause right there and you say, what would you do with God's glorious might? Like, what would you do with God's glorious might? No more traffic. Financial problems solved. Yeah. Like my list seems to be very different than his. He says, I'm strengthening you with my glorious might. Here's why. For all endurance and for patience with joy. The reason he's dividing, the, the reason we have to stay connected because yeah. ripening and bearing fruit is a long haul solution. You know, I, we've been saying this for five years, maybe longer, but certainly since uh, very intentionally the last two, that we cannot buy into thinking that our circumstances are going to be the source of our lives and our joy. 
the world is, you know, we feel this today. I was just up in uh, Missouri this past weekend with our partners, Convoy of Hope. And man, they are on the front lines living the reality that the church is the advancement of all these things that are happening in the worst of the situations. And it's because there's a readiness in those places. And that's, that's when we, so when, when we're talking about being strengthened, it's so that we will have endurance. So we'll be able to stand and stay in this when you want to quit. To be patient is long-suffering or forbearance. It's like putting up with others and circumstances when they're not the way that we ought to be. And this is where God's strength is uh, found to be sufficient. And so I, I think this is, this is what you know, we need. We, we have spent a lot of time, and listen, I, God loves us. He's for us. Um, you know, all, he blesses us. All those things are true. But, he, but his strength for us is in order for us to endure and remain faithful because what you have and what we have is actually a nourishing and hope-giving force to the world. Not only that, it's a hope-giving, life-giving source to you. There are people in this room and gather with us who what you need is you need care of this body. You need someone to shoulder your burden and to enter into your pain. And we get to do that for one another. That's what I mean by pastoral responsibility. It's for us to enter, not just to try to you know, soundbite and give you cool nuggets to take us for us to enter into this yes. together in a really personal way, in a meaningful way that actually supports the weight of your grief or your struggle or your story. And then out of that, when we remain in that, we stay in that, God strengthens us with endurance and patience. And it just, we, we become, mm-hmm. right? We, we become an apple because we're connected to, right? We're an apple tree. We, we, we become the thing that God has made us to be. Yeah. And so what, what I would just say is you've got to get this you know, in, our, in our minds and our hearts that his strength in your life and in my life is for the purpose of endurance and patience with joy. It means there's no circumstance that can rob or threaten what he brings to us. Y'all, that's what our world, that's what I need, that's what our world needs. We, we are yeah. brokers you know, of that kind of hope. Wow. So it just makes me so excited. Wow. So in order to remain, we, we, ha- we, have, we need strength. Yep. Um, we, through the strength that God provides, we are enabled to endure, which is what provides space and a runway for us to be fruitful yep. for others. And then it also allows us to be patient because others ain't easy. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, right, right. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me interject one more thing. I mean, yeah. Think about this. And, and you may be thinking this in your own life or in your, in your world, in your job. I assume everybody here has a moment when you've wanted to quit or give up, right, on something? No? Just me and you, Clay. We're the only okay, ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you, and, and what I have found, and listen, when, what I have found is when I, when I push through those moments, that's usually where the most beautiful things are actually found, when I don't quit or don't give up or don't give in. Yeah. And, and I'm, this is not a ploy to go stay at Port City Church. You know, I'm, I'm saying there, there are lots of reasons why people go, oh, I think I'm... Like, what if you push through and you find something and you remain and you stay in a, in a particular way that actually bears the kind of fruit that God wants us to, to produce? I, I've been doing this for 22 years. 
And we used to say this in the beginning, that the church is the hope of the world. I believed it. Believed it. And 22 years into this, I believe it more deeply than I ever have before. And the reasons are profoundly different than they were in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. So where we are is um, that God is um, ripening us. For what? It's for, for fruitfulness, to be nourishing uh, for others. And what it's going to require of us is to remain, yeah. which we need strength, endurance, and patience. I think um, if, if I'm receiving that today, like to me, that's a beautiful picture. Um, it might not be the picture I came in the room with, yeah. but it's a beautiful picture because of what we get to do for each other. And you said that, like, we, when we think of the world, um, and, and that's part of our vision is life with God together for the, world. for the world. And sometimes when I think of the world, I think of, like, another continent, you know? But it's like, what about the world around you? Like, in the place that you live. What about the world around you in the seat that you sit in today? And, Mike, you said this um, when we were talking at one point. So I wrote it down. So I'm quoting Mike here. So this is not me. But what you said is that this is going to happen, this ripening, this readiness, this fruitfulness is going to happen not because of great preaching. Now, you said that. (laughs) I didn't mean that. Yeah. It's not going to happen through great preaching or programs, but because we have been shaped by Jesus in the context of imperfect community, that's us, imperfect community, and it's going to be expressed through us in shepherding each other, caring for each other, um, nourishing each other being the fruit that each other needs right here, right now, as we continue to grow and walk with Jesus and follow him in our lives. And that's, that's a beautiful, compelling picture for us um, as Port City Community Church. It, it actually is the gospel. Yeah. Jesus made his kingdom available, yeah. right? Right. When he was, that's, that's what he came to do. And he does that still through his body at work yeah. in this world. Yeah. And every, uh, every simple act of faith and yeah. love and offering yeah. um, you know, brings that. Yeah. Renewal and redemption. And we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of it. And so I, I think that's what we're saying. Like We're, we're invited into this. Um, this is what it looks like for us to be the church. This is we the church. And for it to happen, man, we, we need God. Like, he is our source, um, and he is our strength. And so, I mean, Paul prayed for the churches that he planted and led. He prayed those things over them. And so I just think no better fitting way than, Mike, would you pray over us? Like, I know a lot, you know, at the end of your message you pray, but, like, would you just specifically, like, pray for us that we would remain, that we would continue to ripen, and that we would actually bear fruit in every season for this church? The honor, yeah. Father, I, um, and we, we confess that you are the vine and we are branches. If we remain in you, you remain in us, and we will bear much fruit. But apart from that, um, we'll, we'll only entertain and you know, we won't do anything uh, according to your words. So, Father, my prayer for our church is that we would walk in a manner worthy of you, 
that we would be filled with all the knowledge and spiritual understanding and wisdom as individuals and then collectively. God, that we would be pleasing in every respect, bearing fruit in every single activity of our lives. That we would grow up into you who is the head. Every part joined and fitted together as the body builds itself up in love. Father, you have a vision and an intention for this church, for our church. You've invited us to be a part of it. So Father, I ask that you would continue to show us and reveal to us and strengthen us. Father, I pray blessings over our congregation, protection and provision, that the joy that you give, no circumstance could steal. For those struggling, I pray for support and community. For those who are on the other side of that, Father, and we celebrate, we offer ourselves to you and to one another to be encouragement, to be encouraging as you continue to use us to, to be and to bring hope to our city, our region, and our world that desperately needs it. I left all these things in the name of your son Jesus, who we confess as our king. Amen.